consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Ascend podcast, we bring to you our new feature on the podcast called Observing Our Thought. And I really do think that this new feature of the podcast is really going to give you a lot of interesting insight and value to you all. And me and Chris always have new thoughts, new questions, new concepts, new tools, new ideas and new philosophies that we're constantly playing with or toying with in our minds. And many of these things are constantly always on our mind and don't always just quite make the podcast and make it to your ears. And this is probably due to the fact that normally on this podcast, we are directly focusing on more Pacific topics within the podcast. So that is why we have added this new feature to the podcast where you can see some of the things that are constantly on our minds, some of the challenges that we're facing in life, and hopefully each different thing that we do discuss within these episodes might really give you some incredible insight and value to your own thoughts. So every time it feels right, we'll be releasing one of these episodes. So I really hope that you enjoy this new segment and please let us know what you think about this new feature of the podcast, which would be really cool. And in my experience, one of the key things to personal development and ultimately self-understanding is observing your own thoughts, observing what your heart feels and observing what your body experiences. So just as physical ex- ex- exercise is important to our, our well-being, regular self-observation is beneficial to our mental state of being. And tapping into and developing this self-observation system, in my opinion, is essential for mental and spiritual growth. And it is through analysing our own thoughts that we become aware of our patterns. And by becoming more aware of our modes of thinking, feeling and behaving, we are better able to direct our attention to make empowering, better conscious choices. And monitoring our thoughts in life enhances our experience of reality. And when we practice self-observation, we are becoming more aware of the thinker behind the thoughts. So within this podcast, some of the things that we explored and dived into, we talked about looking through the eyes of other people and how that can affect your state of reality. We talked about the psychology of seeing. Is everything just an optical distortion? We also talked about what is it that we cannot see in the world? Gratitude. We also delved into the video that explores the difference between self-perception and the way we're seen by others, which is a very interesting experiment done done by a forensic artist. We talked about self-love, dreams, and so much more. And if you do believe in what we're doing and want to support the podcast, you can now do so by going to our Patreon page and checking out all the different reward tiers that we've set up for you. We even have a $2 reward tier that gives you access to bonus content, special bonus conversations and other rants that don't just quite make the podcast. And there's also now on that Patreon page a new one-hour podcast called Good Wolf, Bad Wolf, 
which is accessible if you sign up to any Patreon tier. And over the next few weeks, we are also going to be adding a few more special bonus podcasts to that Patreon members page as well. And you might also be thinking, what's the point in only donating $2 a month? But this is not the case because if all of you who listen to this podcast just even donated $2 a month, we would be really able to take this to the next level. So if this does tickle your fancy, all you need to do is go to the Ascend Patreon page and join the community. Now, just also want to say that we love that you are coming on this journey with us. We're a part of your journey, but you are a big part of ours. So anyway, let's jump this one. Enjoy. any concepts or questions or thoughts that you've been sort of dissecting lately in your mind like the first one to bring up really all all thoughts in my mind I could never just put them all down on a piece of paper or even an hour long podcast because of the power of them they take me so many directions where I don't even know like I can feasibly be yeah but But what's on your mind at the minute though Alright. Let's distill it down. Yeah, let's distill it down. Like the primary things, what's been on my mind. Let's empty that water bottle. Let's let's empty it all over this table. (laughs) Um, To be honest, number one, what has been locating identity. Because I'm thinking right now, like when you start starting to believe that you're the embodiment of the universe, you're expressing itself in its own unique way. I start to wonder if I even have an own identity. Well, And am I just a part of the universe? Do I need to accept I'm just a part of the universe? Or or is it beneficial to have me own identity, me own person? I'm I'm curious on this. Do you think you've generated that understanding through through the gratitude? Like have the gratitude of understanding the bigger the bigger picture of the universe is that formulate that question in your mind? Because that's what I was that's what I was coming to my mind there. I love yeah. To be honest, it's good insight. Um, it's good. Interesting how you brought up the gratitude, but it was mainly through um, law of attraction. How I'm, I'm attracting, and I perceive that. We are all a part of the universe, and the universe is held by laws, such like as the law of attraction. And we, and we all emit, and while we receive exactly what we truly are. So I'm wondering, like, am I just a, a big embodiment of this universe, or am I actually my own identity, my own thoughts? And I'm curious on like whether, whether or not I actually have my own identity, and should I actually be looking out there? to find it or should I just be accepting to be a part of this universe and just accepting that that role yeah yeah I'm playing with that in my head there so in your heart now in your heart now are you are you like so I, I know that there is bigger bigger pulls in the universe like things going on us like synchronicities in our life that maybe are, are, are out of our control to a certain degree but in your heart now do you feel that you still in your heart now the things that you do in your life do you feel that you don't have any control over anything that's an interesting concept uh, just to try and distill it back a little bit yeah yeah it's a, that's a good point do, Be, because I'm thinking I, I always have my awareness of how I react because um, a quote I actually live by and it's on the back of me boot is actually is life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Yeah. And that was by Dennis P. And I've got that written down there. 
and and that's very interesting all I have is my reaction yeah and that's very interesting you said that because like I said before there is bigger things what the universe throws at us but like you said there it's about how you react to them things that come up so I think there is things, a lot of things that's out of our control because I've had these thoughts as well in my head like there is a lot of things that we don't fully understand like here's an example like just um, things that the universe throws at you just to try and test you things like that mm. maybe they are out of our control and it's, it's hard to go in them thoughts because I don't know where the hell that's coming from but to go back to you no matter what the universe throws at you for me anyway I think you can always deal with it in some way like how you, you said there how you react to it mm. I think a, an interesting point is like you said and how you react to it I mean just let's say that something bad was happening to you and like you said, all you ever have is your control of your mind and your thoughts. And the interesting thing is, especially in the book um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, he indicates that even through the most hardest of times, a man has his own mind. That's the only thing a man will ever truly own. And when he says his mind, he's in referring to like his state of his state of awareness to the current situation and his reaction to it. So if we're looking at this part of like understanding the mind and how we react to it, it doesn't matter anything. If you've got your mind in that understanding that I own this mind, nothing can harm you. And that's, and to get into that thought process, especially under some circumstances such as like, um, what Victor Frankl was, um, in, in, in the concentration camps. To get into that frame of mind where you are completely aware of your reactive state, nothing can stop you. And what I'm thinking as well, how have you how have you done that? Have you have you do you think in your life now you fully you fully done that? You fully feel that you you're understandable that you are in control of your environment because obviously you're asking that question. Mm-hmm. You're asking the question to start off, but and you're, you're seeing a. a a fact from a, a good sort of thinker, a thinker of the times who's also making that statement as well. Mm. And you're obviously seeing his words, but are you fully embodying that? Or you, do you think there's still things that you are still- uncertain about that are out of your control? Yeah, I think like on the on, Not on the degree of the universe, because you're already asking that question, but the degree within yourself of what you control. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, Just trying to go feel like in, further. Internally, there is things which I cannot like control or... T- or master. Yeah, I think there is. I think there is. But I'm not sure if I'm, I should be mastering them. See, like... I, I, and a good analogy I love is, like, the two wolves. It's like, see, I, I want to be working out. And see, that one day I'm feeling like... That I balance, really yeah. can't find this. And I'm just feeding this bad wolf. This bad... I'm not sure whether the best scenario is to kill the bad wolf... Or is it just like starve it and just feed the good wolf? So I'm wondering if I should always have this bad wolf here inside of us to like, to be there. Because it's, at the end of the day, when I start making decisions of empowerment, like going to the gym, that changes the whole thought process. And I feel like I'm getting rid of this wolf. Yeah. But it's not about getting rid of the wolf. It's about accepting the wolf will always be there. But how strong do you want to make that wolf? Yeah, it's interesting. So it, it's interesting because I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm gonna put a bit of picture on. Like so, so what I think as well is, um, I think it's about getting rid of the bad wolf, oh. but I think it's about understanding, trying to tap in and, and listen to 
the both wolves. And what I mean by what I mean by that is is because it resonated what you were saying. So I'm fully understandable of saying because I think I think in a sense there's this three voices. That's what I'm deciphering in my mind now. There's like three wolves in the mind. Mm-hmm. So there's the one that is all completely for bad. Then there's the wolf, the wolf that always pushes you for good. But there's also a wolf, another wolf that you need to get a balance with because here's something, right? So when I train, this is what you were saying before, this is how I resonate with you. Mm-hmm. So when I train, I have a mentality of this good wolf that says no matter what, through come rain or shine, whatever it is, always train all the time. Mm-hmm. But then there's another little wolf as well, which is sometimes hard to dissect mm-hmm. because it's hard to dissect between the, this other little wolf and the bad wolf that's saying you shouldn't be training. But then there's also that other wolf, the little wolf, wolf that may be trying to protect you because you're overtraining. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it how you perceived um, like the bad wolf as like the little wolf because you've already given it an identity of being yeah. a smaller character than your bigger, stronger wolf yeah, yeah, inside. Yeah. So subconsciously, you probably, I'm, I'm not sure if you were aware of it, you did that. But when you said like, oh, it's the smaller, little wolf, yeah. you give that the identity of being such a little creature and where you've integrated this fact, this ginormous, okay. roaring wolf inside you, which is actually pushing anything that other little, yeah, that little scared wolf. But also, pushing that away. but also what I'm finding as well is to try and d- dissect my minds mind a bit further as well what I'm also noticing as well is that big wolf what I was saying the one that always tells us to train come rain or shine there's also this other maybe not little like now you're saying little wolf mm. maybe not little wolf maybe a little voice that we tap, we can tap into and harness loads of times and it comes through loads of times in your life mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to get across that maybe that other little voice is all, there's another little voice that's always there as well as the bad wolf and the good wolf that's also trying to guide you through the balance of not over, over not overtraining, not sort of neglecting that the balance of the yin and yang that you need in life. That's what I'm trying to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Do you find it weird how all these to gain the bigger picture you need a basic level of like thinking? Do you know what I mean by this? Go a bit further on what you mean. Well you know in order to like to be at the the highest level of your thinking, you need to be completely hundred percent focused on the little things in life, such yeah. as working out, health, such as like the proper little mundane things like we all take for granted. To be at the peak level where you can actually take on these big questions in life and big on take on these big tasks, it all comes down to the fundamental little parts in your life and you need to take care of them. That's very interesting. And do you think I I love that by the way as well. And for me what that resonates with is a process for me what I've done in my life lately is and this is what I'm actually one of mine as well, which I'm playing with as well. So it ties in nicely to my next point is dice, trying to dissect and put my mind within all the little fractions of life. So looking at everything on that minuscule sort of level. So trying to view myself, like someone I've been playing with is trying to view myself as an in the grass. Oh. Does that make sense? Tying into that. And as well, also trying to, a big one for me, which has been on my mind lately, and this has been a big tool for me, is actually playing with and viewing my life through other people's eyes. So the other day I was at, um, I was, I think I was, I was walking along the road, along, I think I was walking along a street and there was a guy at a bus stop 
And for, for two seconds, I just paused and stopped. Because when you walk down the street, there's not many times you actually pause and stop and just take in your surroundings. And that's what I'm trying to do more and more is actually be more present in, in moments that you don't think are big moments. Mm-hmm. But every every moment's a big moment. It depends how far you zoom in and zoom out. So there was a guy standing at the bus stop and I was put my sort of, I tried to put my mind in his sort of head. So we had headphones on. So I was actually trying to imagine what songs he was listening to at the time. So I was like thinking in my head, oh, he's probably got some sort of like um, sort of dance music on or dubstep music on or something like that. And I was actually, and I could see him. He was looking for the bus coming. So I was imagining in my head, I was in his eyes, actually him like perceiving and watching for the bus coming. But through that as well, I was actually trying to perceive with him listening to that music, what type of thoughts were going through his mind? What was he thinking of? Like, is he thinking of loved ones? Is he thinking of like, what's he having for his tea? Like stuff like that. I was trying to dissect him in his mind like what that. What did you say? What did you find out? You can't fully go in in with that, but in that moment, what it made us actually perceive is, and I, when I do, I do this loads of people all the time. Um, I've even done it for you as well, which is interesting. I do it for loads of people, oh. but you can't fully go there. Can I ask you something? Wait, there. Let's explain two sentences because you can't. You can't. You can ask us that again, but two sentences. You can't fully go there, but what you can do is, is what I've found it makes you actually appreciate everyone for their individuality. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. I, I might have answered my question, but I was going to say, should you do it? Should you look through the eyes of others, or should you constantly just be looking within you? Um, I don't. I think it should be. I think it should be for me anyway. Now, I think it should not because I think I think sometimes it can be a trap. What I've noticed for being too internal, focused on yourself. I think there's. I think the lessons of looking at your looking through the eyes of someone else's life gives you loads of value and can get can teach you so much more mm. about your own self than you actually realise. So I think other people, when you look through that, when you look through that lens, try and go in in your, in someone else's mind and look through their lens of how they're living their life. Like try to imagine what problems they're having in their life or what joys they're having in their life and stuff like that. I think within them, they can teach you so much about who you are as a person. That's, an, that's yeah, what that's, that's what I feel. Point, actually, like, um, I was I didn't want to actually say anything back then because I wanted to just actually put a little thing on that concept. To be honest, because it was a very interesting point what you made. Um, how and how do you think that affected uh, like your relationship with me? Like when you looked in, in through my eyes. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's good. It's good you saying that because it makes me. Because here's something, right? So you know me as a person. Mm-hmm. So I hold myself, like I have this high, I know within my being, I have this high, I hold this high sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? I hold a high, I hold myself in high regards all the time. I hold, I have this, like I said, I have that good wolf, wolf in my head all the time. Yeah. Trying to push us to that next level all the time, all the time, all the time, seeing... And, and maybe as well, maybe as well, like, that as well could be too, maybe I'm noticing it now that the, the big wolf could also be sort of not. Your big wolf is having its own little. Yeah, yeah, its yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it basically is. That's what I was trying to say. It's also having its sort of own little, like, battle in the minds between the wolves. That's what it is by themselves. Like, they have their own consciousness now, their own identity. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like, and it's coming through. But it makes me realize because, I, like I said, I hold myself so high regards. And sometimes, see if we, um, like, see if me and you, we and you do something, whatever it is, whatever it's like, even if it's just creative or, or me and you doing whatever it is, I actually think sometimes that you should be doing what I'm doing. Wow. But 
what by me looking through your eyes, that doesn't mean that because that's the that's the sort of that's the things that I'm putting on myself, and it's not fair to put them on someone else. And that's the way I see it through you when I look through your eyes, and I see that through everyone's life. Wherever I look at through, you think my parents pushing them on that higher pedestal, mm-hmm. and it goes back to your parents as well. I look through my parents' eyes, and I think that they should they should be doing this because I'm at this understanding of something now. Like for nutrition, like for nutrition terms, I think like oh, I'm understandable of nutrition, so then they should be understandable of nutrition. Mm. But that's not the case because everyone's on having their own human experience at different levels. Yeah. Does that well, make you, sense? Yeah, that's a, I know some point it's harder to still that. The thing though. is, though, you can still play a role in their development. Um, even though they're all having their own unique experience, the fact that you're aware of how their experience doesn't mean you can push your beliefs on any anyone really. But you can, you can be the the I don't want to say idol, but you can be their you can be their viewpoint if they want to push to that next level. Yeah. They can look at you as an inspiration or a source of, like, embedment. Like, look at how Dan's changed his body and mind. I mean, just last year, look how much he's changed his exercise program, his mind- mindset. I mean, like, I, I constantly look on uh, Facebook now at the, at the um, on this day, and you look back at, like, about five or six years ago, and you see what you were posting, and, and it just gives you an insight into your mind at this point. Yeah. And then, looking back then, um, even even just a couple of years ago, like even when I was starting to send, I, I realised how much I've changed from there. Like, like was I using Ascend for the right reasons at, at the point? Like, I wanted to use Ascend, and I'll just be straight with everyone here, but I wanted to use Ascend to become like, the, not like the best version of me, but I felt like I've, I knew a lot. I knew so much that I could give everyone amazing advice. But when... I started giving out advice. I realised I don't know shit. Yeah. And I still got so much to learn, and the fact that I've actually understood this, even going through this journey, it makes me look at every single one of these inspirational videos, which tell you just to live out your passion, just be be whoever you want to be, and it's a, and it is a brilliant, brilliant understanding. But understand, you will lose who you are. You'll lose exactly who you were five years ago. You'll lose who you were. A year ago, you'll lose who you were yesterday. Yeah. And but I know it should be a thing, but you shouldn't be ashamed to lose who you are. But you should be empowered to see who you can become. But the thing is as well, when are we seeing what are we seeing when we're actually watching these in, you, these inspirational videos? Because I was seeing me just being improving me, you know. But instead, I need to be looking at improving others. And how can I improve others by being the best version of myself? And I can only do that by actually comprehending this insight that helping other people is more gives me more satisfaction than actually helping myself. Yeah. But as well, though, I think that as well, though, that, that process of you helping other people also helps your being. So just like back to the conversation I said, looking through the eyes of other people also helps you and also helping other people helps you as well. When you put your, because um, I've put, I've done this a few times. When I put my mindset into like the people who are less fortunate than yourself, you see a big gratitude just wave flow over you, don't you? you? You actually, if you can just look at like, um, I know you don't watch the news, and I don't to be honest, but if you just watch like an image of a child on TV of like a Syrian boy who's just lost his parents, and you actually just think and like put yourself in that mind of that child, you can visually see him. You can on the TV or wherever. 
on the newspaper and you just put your eyes into his eyes and look in, look into your mind and just think, what what have I got? I've got the fucking world. I've got absolutely the best chance of like living an incredible life just by knowing this. Uh-huh. And this child right now is going to go through one of the biggest struggles that he'll ever face in his life. And throughout his entire life, this will probably be impacting his life forever. And I'm actually here watching this and he's impacting my life. And that's just like what you're seeing when you were seeing you watching people and how they impact yours. That's in- it's interesting to me how many people actually can impact your life, no matter who they are, all through their life. Like, and when I was when I was viewing that 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 lad who was standing at the bus stop, like he had probably he had no sort of sense that I was doing that. So maybe in life, maybe there's loads of people actually doing that, like viewing. You know, like because there's a lot of people like people watching. Mm. And um, have you ever asked the question when people when people people watch? Because I like people watching as well. Do you ever like people watching? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Because I think us as a human race, we are really fascinating. And um, but have you, have you ever like sort of questioned why people are sort of innately doing that? Why are people because as us as human beings on this planet now, we like for me as well, I'm fascinated by other human beings. Like the more the more, at the minute on my mind, I just love like something I've been doing as well. Another one that I've been doing as well at the minute. One of my thoughts play on my mind and things I've been observing is I've been putting music, so I play music. Um. I'll put some sort of like, inspirational music on and I'll walk down the street and I'll just like view people and what they're doing. So like, say you have someone in the coop, someone who's cutting the grass or mm. someone who's just like, is a someone, I live a day as well. I did another one where a guy was driving a bus and I was just trying to imagine like everything, what he was going through in his life. But well. have but just to go back to the people watching, have you ever questioned why people are, the question of why people are people watching? Do you think people are nearly trying to tap into that connection with everyone else. Yeah, I think it's that. Oh, every is everyone craving craving a more of a human sort of connection I with each go, other. I might go back to my first um, point when I said like, are they trying to locate their own identity? Are they trying to do what I'm doing? Yeah. Are they looking to see if they it, might not be on a, doing it on a scale of where they think they are? Oh, am I the embodiment of the universe? But they might actually be looking at the looking at their find their identity and like using them using their their sort of their experience yeah. in, in they, their consciousness as, as a tool in a vessel yeah they might, they might even for their own self-discovery mm-hmm. they might be thinking is banking like my gonna be my calling in life or am i should be a, i be a teacher and these could be the thought processes that actually help you find identity i mean these lay the foundation just like i said the questions that people ask themselves on a daily basis is the is the real understanding of like of of the being the human it it's, really is to it, me it's interesting to me because in my stage of my life now as well it's interesting to me how what i'm noticing is is how many th- certain things are actually tools when you don't realize the tools like tools for to achieve that high state of consciousness are tools for even just to you to know yourself because like people perceive and i've done this as well when you first start the journey of self-discovery and things like that, you perceive like, yeah, eating nutrition, eating healthy foods, that is a tool. You perceive things as going to the gym as a tool. You perceive all these different quote-unquote uh, normal sort of things as tools. Mm-hmm. But it's the things like actually, like I said, the observing other people's actions that and like trying to put your mind in them. They're, the, they're possibly for me now the biggest tools. Wow. Them tools are even bigger than health. It's interesting how it comes like four, four, fourfold, sort of say. That's, that's interesting, that. And I think maybe if we all start doing it, well, I'm going to definitely start doing it after you, what you've described it as. It's definitely a, a tool to enhance this human experience is just by looking at 
trying to get the emotional connection between seeing how people live their lives and how how they actually feel and maybe it will help with their human connection in finding identity as well and I think it's very interesting I think um, to go on a like a very like um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said like you're even looking at like an ant on the floor mm. and you're wondering what it is because I've, I've thought of like looking at life as an ant side yeah I've done that loads of times up at me I always do it on I put my head in the grass and I always sort of put my head in the grass and I try and view like the sort of the grass is like a jungle for, try, the, for the I, ant I look at like see an ant see I'm lying on the on the ground and the ant's like next to me sorry see I'm looking at like an ant and the ant's like facing me and if the ant looks left and the ant looks right all it'll see is like me so would I be the whole horizon for that ant just by lying there on the ground yeah would I be like that sky for an ant it depends it depends as well because this is going even deep, deeper right but I've I've wrote a post about this before as well. Um, but does he does the ant even know that you're there? Like does he can does he can the ant even see you? That's really really powerful. That, that's what that's what I'm thinking because just like um, so I've said this before on the podcast, but the analogy of the fish, like there's an analogy. Does does a fish know that water is wet? But I'm actually making the question as well: is 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 an ant intelligent enough to actually to, to understand that you're there? Maybe it understands that something's there, something's there, but does it understand what you are? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, because like, just hear something, because you're going to get people saying things like, oh, well, the ant does know you're there because if you go to stamp on it, it'll move out the way. What I'm talking about, yes, it might know you're there, but does it know who you are? Does it know in the sense, not like you, like I'm Chris Hopper, like that, but I mean, does it know that you're another intelligent species on the planet? Because I don't think it does. I don't know. I'm not an ant. I'm not an ant, but I'm just trying to go that deep in thought and thinking, does the ant know who you are? Because this is what I'm questioning now. If Does that enhance the human experience? Um, For who? <laughs> for the ant or us? For you. For you getting into the mind of an ant, does that enhance you as a human being? Uh, it does. Wow. It actually does as well. And it's making us question a lot of other stuff as well, from that as well. Of like of like how conscious really is the end? Because here's something, right? Because we perceive we, we we perceive ourselves on this planet now is there's no doubt that we are we are something different to what we can view. We're no different. We're something different to what we can view as like the end. We have we're something different on this planet. Yeah. And I'm not being I'm not just seeing it from the human goggles and human perspective, but we we are something different different of animals. That, that's clear to see. Yeah. We right. Are. But. To go back to the conversation as well of does can the ant see us? Another question that I'm asking is is imagine if there's something else that has a high state of consciousness in us, or something that has a higher, a very high state of intelligence in us. And if the ant arguably can't see us and understand who we are, what is it? You've got to ask the question, what is it that we can't see that we can't understand? Because something's so it is the high state of consciousness or high state of intelligence. And that's deep thinking like that. Yeah, that's but you've got to ask yourself: what is what are we also immersed in, or is that that's around us that we can't see? And that's a big question. Yeah, no, um, that's why I, I, I'm I'm trying this new thing in my life where I don't just immediately answer a question. 
I'll try to really look at a question and try to get a thought process through it because I feel like people talk just for the sake of talking. People reply just for the sake of replying. People yeah. just want to be heard. But truth is when you start listening and if you start listening to like that question there and you start putting it in your mind, that's when you're going to find your answer. I heard something as well through you interesting you said that. I heard a thing right once and um, it was talking about how, see if I ask you a question now, yeah. so I would turn around to you and I'd say, so, like, I've just asked you that question there. So, whatever, I've just said, what's your... Whatever, you know what I mean? Just some sort of question. I'll ask you, ask you a random question like I just asked you there. But there's someone talking about how it's actually best to say, instead of saying, what's your what's your answer to this, say, what's your third answer to this? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> it's interesting, aren't it, when you yeah, do it like that? Because then, for some reason, he talks about how the, the psychology of your first answer is the, is the rushed one, and the second one is also... Um, it's sort of just your backup plan that you have in your mind, but your third answer is the one that you actually really think about. I love that. It's, it's interesting that I to think of it like that. So you know, you know, before we're on the topic of sort of um, of dissecting people's mind and seeing seeing through the eyes of other people. I, I was. This is something I want to ask you from that. Have you ever actually sort of wondered if you're seeing the same things as other people? You know what, Dan? Actually, honestly, this I've been thinking about this a lot. And you know what? I'm fascinated by colours. Yeah. I've been looking at colours, right? And I'm thinking all the time, does he see the same colour I'm looking at? Is am I, it's that red. I know we both agree this colour is red. But is it red? Yeah. But have you seen the have you seen the dress as well that was going around on oh, Facebook? Yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before as well, me and you. But even the dress where the some people perceive the dress as gold and some other people see the dress as blue. But even some people, I think, perceive the dress as like a turquoisey blue as well. The colour that we perceive. And silver as well, I think it was as well. So your silver can be completely different to my silver. Yeah, yeah. Or your red can be completely different to my red. And this is what's interesting to me is like, so like when you see in there, is, is what you see, is that the same as everyone else? I don't know, but I'm loving the, the understanding of asking the questions. Am I seeing the exact same red as Dan Harrison right now? Or is he seeing the same blue as I'm seeing? Because I see an incredible blue and I can't describe it to you. Yeah. I can't describe the colour blue to you. I just see this this calming, beautiful, serenic ocean. But I describe as blue. Yeah. And I can't describe that colour. It, it's like as you. well though, I, maybe as well this is going deeper, right? But does this does this ability to see things differently not also tie to how our senses feel in different ways? Mm. Because this is what I'm thinking as well. Like when you when I hear a song, if I hear an amazing song now, I'll turn around to you and I'll say, This song's amazing, man. It's amazing. You've can you can you hear it? Feel, here's here it comes, here it comes, here's a bit where it's crazy, here's a bit where mm. it's good. But and then you're listening to that song and you're like, eh? Well, where, where did you, where did you, where, there's, where's no, there's no, I don't like that song, but it's a, it's, that's different as well. Like different people's senses have the ability to, li- to listen to things differently as well. well. The thing, what's very interesting, right? Is, and, wait a two seconds as well. Oh, yeah. And I'm asking the question as well. Does that, does that go over to taste? Does that go over to touch as well? Like people, when you touch an object, does an object feel different to me than it does to you as well? Well, that's y- deep. Yeah, it's, it's very deep and it's, and it's so deep that you know you know I've been like really into philosophy at the minute. I've been reading a lot about philosophy and the history of philosophy. And you've actually hit the nail on the head what you're talking about there because um, Protagoras, right? And it was a philosopher. Sounds like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, the Protagoras rat. <laughs> <laughs> right, and he says that. So see he if, says rah rah yeah. rah. <laughs> he says rah. He said philosopher. <laughs> 
and he states that man is the measure of all things, right? Yeah. And he says if two people come to London and one is from Egypt and they say the weather's cold and somebody visits from Sweden and say the weather here is hot, both are right, yet both have the contradicting viewpoint. So therefore, man in himself right now is the ultimate judge. You can never be truly settled with other people, with other people's virtues or points. And I think that's a very interesting concept. Yeah, that is powerful as well because, and I think that comes back to the to the ability of, and it ties into the fact that every single person views the world differently. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of the world, what the world provides. Like you said, one guy can perceive the weather is hot, the other guy can see the weather is cold, but that's the beauty. And I think the lesson in, lesson in that for me is, is that everyone views the world differently. And that's the acceptance. Yeah. You've got to accept that. That's why uh, Protagoras, Protagoras <laughs> his quote himself, is man is the measure of all things. And I think that just states it clearly. It's interesting, right? Because I'll get this book over here too, then. Because mm. this, this ties in. It's interesting what we're talking about here because it ties in this book. I've, I haven't read this yet, but I'm going to read this when I go away. But it's called The Eye and Brain, The Psychology of Seeing. And it's by a guy called... Um, Richard L. Gregory, right? It's really interesting. So in that book as well, he talks about... So basically, the book is dissecting, talking about how everything in life is actually an optical illusion. So he talks about how we don't actually see the real physical reality, but we actually make a translation of it in our, for our eye, in our, in our mind. Mm. So he, an example of what he talks about in the book, which I need to read more of it, I've just learned a little bit of it, but he talks about how... See, you know, see, like there's a, like there's a, um, an object, like say, like a, um, a fruit bowl, a fruit bowl in your living room. Yeah. He talks about how the image that you're seeing is not actually a direct representation of the actual object. He talks about how the image that you're seeing is actually being translated through your mind wow. and through your eye. In the in the book as well, he talks about how through that as well. He says because within the mind and with the eye, there's actually unnoticed blind spots in colours and lights in certain different fractions that we don't see through that experience as well. So maybe as well, that's why everyone sees different because everyone's mechanisms within their human body is different. That's oh, deep. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it really is. Man. I, think, um, I think when we're actually looking at the perception of life, however we see fit, Whatever you see, whatever you, when you look outside and you really see it, like you said, when, like when you look outside, you could see a completely different image from me. But there's something so beautiful when you can just actually accept that when, whatever you're seeing is your version of reality. And it's a beautiful point when you actually just think, fucking hell, this is mine. And if nobody else sees this, then, then so what? This is so unique that it's my experience and I can see this. I can see this colour green, I can see this beautiful tree, I can see this this statue right in front of me and I can appreciate it and marvel at it because that's that's what it is. Did you see the guy That's did, what I see. Yeah, I love that. Did you see the um did you see the video of the guy who was blind? Because there's a new technology now. I don't know how blind he was, I don't know if he was completely blind. And, um, he sees for the first time. Yeah, he sees for the first time. Wow, what a video that is, by the way. Because he cries, he, doesn't he? He cries. Mm. I cried at that video. <laughs> Never mind just him crying, I cried. <laughs> but um, no, it's amazing because I think in that moment, it's interesting how when when a new reality is actually opened up to you, 
you realise how beautiful it is and it doesn't have to be a sense of you have to be blind to notice that. You can notice that in everything. So even for me, what I've noticed in my life is is when a new reality opens up. So like it would have been a time in my life where I wouldn't appreciate it, just like a little insect on the ground. But now a new reality is mapped in my mind now when I see that and I find the appreciation. So I think that's what you've got to do. Like, So some people could be thinking, well, I don't find uh, gratitude or I don't find this cosmic unity or whatever you want to call it with just looking at an ant because maybe that pathway in their mind hasn't opened. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's, that's what I'm thinking because for me, a lot of my life now, there's, I'm actually questioning as well, what's going to be the next pathway in my mind? What else am I going to be able to see that I have I can't see now? Mm. Have you questioned that? I mean, what? Yeah, it's, but, it's hard to think of it, but what, I, 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 have you I, thought of that? I have actually, but then I also come to the question, should I be focusing more on the next pathway instead of the current pathway? Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if like, if like, I always wonder if the future... I know I love that I love that but let's jump in two seconds because I don't think you can like I said I don't think you can get tied up in thinking the one ahead because you, your body can't, can't your mind can't completely see the next pathway because you can't see the next pathway until it's passed till it's completely gone and yeah. you're on the next stage does that make sense I completely agree yeah and I think yeah that's, I love that I love that by the way yeah. it really is powerful it's like it's set up it, that mechanism within your body is like set up for the game yeah and um, somebody said a great point. I can't remember which podcast it was on. I might have been on ours. <laughs> a lot of great points on our podcast. But um, I think it was Aubrey Martis, to be honest. But he was not on the podcast yet. Reaching out, Aubrey. But uh, um, he states that if you want to play at level six and you're currently at level two, don't just jump into the level six game. Do the work at level two. Then do the work at level three, do the work at level four, yeah, do yeah. the work at level five, do the work at level six. So I'm thinking at that point, just do the work and do the path and take the path right now that you're on. And I try, cause I'm honestly future thinker. I am a future thinker. I, I live my life in the future and it's, and I shouldn't, I should step back and look at the path in the moment because I, I would see a lot more clearly, especially where which direction I'm heading. Well, before as well, when you said before, you were on the topic of sort of seeing, see, like when we're talking about the topic of seeing stuff as well that we haven't seen before and things like that. Mm. One of the big ones for me that I've, that I've started to see within myself as well is seeing myself for who I am. So this is something I've been doing lately is, is actually loving myself. So loving, like actually really loving every single facet of my body. So in the past, especially when you, this is something I've noticed in my journey, this has been a big gradual progression for me. So when I was younger, you very I was very sort of um, critical of how I looked, how I perceived myself. Mm-hmm. As we all are, really. As we all are. But now, I'm in a stage where I'm appreciating them little minute details, appreciating sort of the, the flaws that I used to think were flaws, but actually they're not. They just make me who I am. The, that, that's what I'm doing now. A lot of STEM state when you... The only real change you can ever make on your body is when you appreciate your body. Huh. Because then you start to take care of it in a sense of not not in a way of punishing it to make it look better, but in a way of rewarding it for like treating you right. Mm. For treat for so when I'm working out my legs, I'm rewarding my legs because they they've they've given me the beauty of a gift of walking. Yeah. So when I walk into a gym I'm expressing my gratitude to my legs because this is what they want. They want the workout. My, your body wants the workout. You, you might, there might be a, some resistance at first, especially with your mind wanting 
being in a comfortable state in bed or whatever it is, but you're not who you're rewarding in that state. You're not rewarding anyone. Do you do you do you find because this has been this has been a big thing for me as well, and we've touched on a slight in this podcast, but just go a bit further in it. Mm. The the sense of gratitude. Like that's that's something that's playing in my life massively. Like you said you when you're walking in the gym, you're actually going within your mind and, and viewing your legs walking, things like that. That's what I do. that's what I do loads of my life lately. That's a big tool for me. Is I could even be doing like this has been transitioning over to you've talked about this before, but even transitioning over to meteor meteoric things like that you perceive in the past as meteoric. So say if like you said you've said before to me, like a crap song will come on. Like a song that you know now that your culture operating system's completely changed and it's mm. crap. And you, you recognise it's crap now, but you still appreciate things in that song and gratitude for your ability. So you can go away if you can you can pull away from the fact that the song isn't for you. It isn't at your taste. It's it's talking about maybe it's talking about rubbish like uh, booties and whatever, all this junk and rubbish, yeah. cars and jewels. But you can actually from that song you can just dissect and take a step back and realise that, wow, I even have the ability to just hear this crap song. I you, I have the ability to just even just watch this crap program. Exactly. That's maybe not in line with who you are now, mm-hmm. but you can take, like, that's what I'm doing, gratitude, gratitude and lessons within everything. What I see it as is you're seeing a message out of everything, mm-hmm. and the message you give is just the message. See, I can look at anything. I can, honestly, I can look at a m- music video, and like you said, you could see um, Lady Gaga or Beyonce or any of the others and you could see them all intertwining and like giving off these lyrics which they see empower people and that but if you really dissect the image who they're empowering they're just empowering themselves and and you could find this message in there and then you can be the voice of reason and go well look at this because this is how I'm viewing this music video and this is just from a music video or you watch some TV you like you said we like we said before, we don't watch the news, but we could still, if we watched it, if me and you turned on the news tonight and we would watch the, the image, we wouldn't see what they would want us to perceive because we are so internally drained with this bigger perspective of life. We wouldn't see this whole four, this four boxed um, television screen. We would see the complete breakdown of how the media propagates it, how the media like stems it towards like like fi- their own financial gain or however we would perceive it but we wouldn't perceive it how anything else would perceive it because we are culturally trained in our mindset and you know as well what we wouldn't see as well which it's, it's very interesting as well because I want to give an example as well but what we what we don't see is as well what that program does like so when like I'm in a stage now where I'm seeing that program and I'm aware of the deeper cultural operating systems that it's trying to operate give to me mm. but then I can take a step back and just appreciate the ability to sort of appreciate the video that I can see it and visually see it and visually hear it but to go deeper do you think the people who can't do that like the people who can't zoom in and zoom out do you think you know, are just running that program where they're just watching it for pure entertainment value and not taking a step back and appreciating them deeper senses like we're going we're going further out mm. do you think though that they the fact of them not understanding them deeper layers is actually sort of imprinting more knowledge on them than it would for someone like me and you who are, and I'm not putting us as making us as better people, but I'm just seeing where we are in our journey. Do you think that is imprinting values and perceptions of how they want to perceive and live their life more on them than it is on us? I think they're a, a bit more tied 
to the like see like um see we still using the reference of the news yeah I still think they're more tied not even the news just everything obviously yeah, I know I'm, yeah, I know I'm I know, I know, I know news I know. is like the viewpoint because that's what's in my mind right now um I'm feeling that if the, right say somebody's watching the news and you see immigrants coming in on, into the country and immediately they go to the perception that these immigrants are now stealing our jobs yeah right Right, so maybe they are. Maybe these immigrants, every single one of them are going to steal jobs. Like, how is this affecting you? You could be, you might never meet an immigrant in this country, you know what I mean? You, like, I haven't met one up here where, where I'm living. I'm not, I'm not exactly like suburban like boy, but whatever. I'm just saying the news doesn't affect me. It, like, if I see a walk, like, um, like uh, if I see us going to war with Iraq, I'm not seeing. I'm just not seeing this war. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah, turn yeah. off the TV. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get frustrated by the war. This is what I'm trying to say. I get frustrated by this war that we're going over there and fighting for like um, fighting for different royalties such as oil and anything yeah, else. Yeah. But I'm th- I'm still physically right here right now in my own reality. I'm not affected by this, and people they're not affected by immigrants coming in and stealing the jobs. It's just all perception of the mind. Yeah, it, your mind is perceiving whatever it wants from the news. Yeah. So if you've seen war, images of war, your your imagery, even if you've never been involved in war, you have a clear image of what war is. Yeah, yeah. even though you've never been there. And and what and why the reason why I asked that question is for is because you have the emotional connection. This is what yeah. I'm trying but to I'm say. I'm trying to dissect. I'm trying to dissect the conversation of like how much is that imprinting. On a person's self-identity, that's that's what I mean, and that ties on what you were saying as well. What I'm trying to say, yeah, you, that's a really good point, and I'm saying like, once you give emotional connection to something, and that's where it, the self-identity comes from, it changes you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's when the self-identity comes from. So when you, so see, so you're you you're letting go of that being your reality. Mm-hmm. By you not tuning out that is letting go of that reality, and it it, it it creates something in your mind. Becoming emotionally connected into anything, whether it is a music video, whether it is the news. See, see if you're watching a music video and you're emotionally connected into it, do you still see the message if you just actually step out and just perceive it? Yeah. But because this is an interesting point, and I'm actually thinking about this now. I said, I know you love your music, but because I know you can get immersed in music, but have you ever like stopped and then just stopped, stepped out of it and actually looked at the messages? Just looked at the messages within the music mm. all the time. I've done that loads, but now there was like I said, yeah, that's the next level. You've like like that I said level. though, it, that was ages ago. That goes back to the time when I was younger, when I used to just listen to music for, which is nothing wrong with this. It's just listening to music for listening to music and not really understanding what music is and what how music actually affects your body and how it body, how music affects your body and mind because that's what music is doing. Yeah. Music isn't just something that's just going through you; it's actually becoming you. That's what I see it anyway. And for me, as we on my journey, music for me, music is one of the, is a big tool for not. It's definitely probably one of the biggest. One of the biggest tools is music is one of the biggest tools for me asking questions. It's always sparks things in my mind all the time. But to, as well to go back before as well um, to the point you said before as well because I don't want to forget this because to my mind. But when we talk, we're talking about the ability to see things, what it imprint in our DNA. Have you seen that video on our, not our DNA, but out in our mind? Maybe in our DNA, but in our minds anyway. But have you seen, have you seen that video that explores the difference between, um, 
self-perception and uh, the way that was seen by seen by others. Have you seen that video or not? It's like an interesting experiment done with like a for, forensic sort of um, uh, a forensic artist. You're not seeing it? No, I don't think I have. It was very interesting anyway. So basically, I'll give you a bit just because it ties in what we're talking about. It's very interesting how you can see things and you can't see things of the self-perceptions that you put in yourself. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's a forensic artist, right? And he's standing behind um, like a white curtain. So the white curtain's all around him. So he can't see anyone. So then basically, they've randomly sort of picked six F women off the streets. Six females off the street. And the forensic artist has to sketch each individual woman. But he's not allowed to see them. So the, the females themselves have actually have got to describe themselves of what they perceive themselves as how they look to the forensic artist then the artists have got to draw them whoa that's cool very interesting Mm. so i'll put it in the show notes as well so and and what in the on the other side of what they do is 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 then they get another random person to view the person who's getting sketched right and then what they do is they also give a description to the artist as well based on their perceptions of the person who they've just met and the artist does a picture put does the two different pictures and puts them alongside each other does that make sense yeah yeah it does right seem. and then what actually happens is which is very interesting is it's a, the results are very eye opening that's what's very interesting about it is that the person the, the people the women who dis, just who describe themselves to the artist the picture was actually sort of degrading of of who they are they're always like sort of they're focused on the bit on the bad bits about themselves what they perceived as oh, bad right, bits about yeah, yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. and the people who, the people, the people who they just met them and was describing them to this forensic artist who was drawing them, they actually highlighted the bad bits as the good bits about them, the unique parts about them. Wow. And what happened is when they put the two pictures together, which is very fascinating, is the pictures of the the women who described themselves mm-hmm. didn't actually look nothing like them, so but the not- people who walked along and was actually describing to the forensic artist as their, as their good, like his beautiful, unique p- pictures. Like, so a girl would say things like, oh, I've got these horrible big lips. And then someone would say, and then someone would say, oh, she has, she's got beautiful big lips. Oh. And then they would put the two pictures together, which is very fascinating. And the picture of the people who described them actually really looked like them. Awesome. It's very fascinating. Oh, really isn't it? So how it goes back to that? how you perceive yourself. It's fascinating, isn't it? That's what yeah. I just want to tie into is how you perceive, how people perceive themselves. I think that's a good point, actually. Because it's interesting, right? Because we should we should know our own faces better than anyone. If you think about that, right? So we've we've grown up looking at ourselves in the mirror all the time of who we are, right? And if we imagine if we, when we see ourselves in the mirror now, we we're seeing ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Yet, which ties in that story, we often see we often feel to see that real beauty of who we are. Yeah, you, you know what you've done. You're right because I still pick out the flaws. Uh-huh. Even 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 at a self-aware uh, level where I can actually watch the news and I can perceive a completely different message than what's being perceived, and I, and actually get onto the level of of complete self-education where I, even though I'm working out, I can meditate, I eat right. Even though I complete, I can get onto these levels. Yeah, yeah. But I can, but you slip but up, can slip level. out of them sometimes. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I can still look at the in the mirror. And and be self-critical. Yeah, is that a good trait to be self-critical, or when you're actually looking in the mirror? For me, anyway, I I don't think for me on the journey I'm at now, might this might change because everything always changes. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've I'm at a stage now where I am not self-critical of who I am. 
when I look in the mirror. I'm really not. I'm really, I'm That's really, right. I'm really good. At, um, and it might sound big headed in a sense, but I'm just really, really know who I am now. I really know who I am when I look myself in the mirror. I, pre- I, I love myself when I look in the mirror. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I, I think I'm beautiful. I do it. It sounds big headed, but I just look in, I look in the mirror at every society. Like, in, in the, yeah, in the past, in the past, I, I used to, I would have just, the, the things that I think, see beautiful now when I look at myself in the mirror, I would have, I would have been, crit- like you said, I would have been self critical. A year ago, two years ago, I'd have been self-critical. But the stage I'm at now, I'm not self-critical. And it's interesting as well to tie in that because Carl Jung, right, he he has some amazing quotes, right? But he says the most terrifying thing is to accept ourselves completely. And that's really interesting because me looking back on my journey now, that's what I was actually terrified of, of actually coming to the full realisation and accepting who I am. So when I look at myself in the mirror now, I'm seeing it as I'm accepting me. You've said this before to me as well. I know you're doing this process, and I know you've, I know you've, you like you said before, you might be slipping in and out, slipping out, slipping in and slipping out of it. <laughs> yeah, I am actually. And I, and I've done that. I've done that in the past. But this is the point that I'm at now. You said you stand with yourself in the mirror, naked, fully naked. You've said this for loads of times, and I've done this as well when you've said it. And um, it's a, it's honestly, it's amazing. It's pure bliss, you know, when you can look at yourself in the mirror. And I know you felt it. I know you've, you've, you've felt it before. I know you have. Mm-hmm. I know you have. Because I, I, I know the I know the, the Chris Hopper who's fully confident and I also know the Chris Hopper who's has the days where he's low as well. Mm-hmm. But like I said, when you do fully come in an acceptance of when you said you'd look, stand at yourself and look in the mirror and you just accept this is who I am, this is me, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. And I know you felt it. I know you have. Mm. It's interesting though how you can, like I said though, you can slip out of them states. So, mm-hmm. like, it's interesting because how it's what's interesting to me as well. How it's like if you're getting ready on a night, out, sorry, I have to, listen, yeah. if you're getting ready on a night out, you look at yourself in the mirror and and you actually say like, oh, wait, I want to do my hair. Yeah, like, it's yeah, gonna yeah, be, yeah. Hair's gonna be nice. Yeah, it's gonna be this way. Yeah. It's gonna be that way. You couldn't go out like you couldn't just go out. With, like, maybe obviously you can, but me saying the words, I couldn't just go out. Is me actually putting like a foundation of yeah, belief yeah, on yeah. it, saying like I can't go out without actually getting my hair like to how I want it to perceive, because otherwise I'm just going to be completely self-conscious of how my hair is going to be looking. And I know it's a trivial thing, the yeah. hair, but it's when you attach something like hair as an identity figure. Like honestly, if my hair got lost tomorrow, I wouldn't care. But while I've got it. I look at it. Yeah. And I, I admire it. And yeah. yeah. I, I, is that just impressing what's already there? Is yeah. It, or is it still being like self-critical to like, to want to change? Well, before you go there as well, because I need to have something on my mind. So it's in, just to touch on that as well. It's interesting to me how time challenges that. Time challenges of, of that of that sort of state of being. Uh-huh. So I'm at, I'm at a time now in my life where I would say that, it's, this is because this, this, this comes back to me love myself again I would say I'm in my prime I'm in the prime of my life right but obviously I can't st- it's hard to step away from that mm-hmm. but when I look at myself in the mirror I'm like I'm in the prime I'm in the prime of my life hey you know what I mean I've got an amazing body and stuff like that yeah. but it's very interesting because like I said when I first started when I first made this point I said how this might change and like you said you slip and slip out of it and it's interesting how time may challenge that Whoa. Because do you know how time is like? So I'm in a full understanding now. Because I, I, I'm, in, well, I'm in a full understanding anyway. But it's interesting. I'm also thinking as well how time could also change that. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, I really do. That's a really yeah. good point. Um, 
because then when, when because when you when I get older, there's going to be more challenges within that journey of me love myself. It's also going to be it's going to become more challenging. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. There's a massive point as well, uh, especially on the perception of how we perceive time. Because the younger we are, the more we perceive we've got endless time, and how we're getting older. You start to reevaluate time. You're not just reevaluating time. You're reevaluating the whole essence of you, your essence of being. I mean, I'm 29 now, and my thought processes of when I was 19, 10 years ago, the whole thought process. You know what? I've changed in so much regards, for the better in certain areas. But I've also, I may have lost something as well. Maybe that I think I should have kept. It's interesting, that. Yeah. Um, Maybe the sort of like the carefree spirit that I have been. Maybe that I lost that by gaining responsibilities. And I often wonder whether it's good to lose things. But maybe it's just about. To be honest, it's a hard. I know. Maybe maybe it's just like everything though. Maybe the balance is just tipped. Maybe the balance is just tipped a little bit Mm -hmm. because I think the fact that you're recognizing it is the fact that you're noticing the, 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 the the tip of the balance. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's why I think the fact that you're recognising it is the fact that you're understanding that it's just maybe just that like a, too much water's come out the jug, so to say. Maybe it needs to tip yeah. back a little bit. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking anyway. That's what I'm recognising when you're saying that. But here as well, just to ch- just to change it up a little bit as well, because this is another po- point I want to say as well. Because I already kicked myself, I didn't bring this up. But some another big thing that's been on my mind, right, is um. So I had a dream. So I've had some really very, very interesting dreams lately. So, and these weren't, they weren't lucid dreams. They definitely weren't lucid dreams, but they were just very vivid dreams. And, and I was actually doing a bit of research on dreams as well. And it's very interesting because the more I've been looking into dreams, I'm happy that I'm, I'm very grateful and happy that I'm dreaming because it was talking about how the more you have vivid dreams, it more shows how healthy your brain is and healthy how your body and mind is. So I love that. I don't know if it's true or not, like, but, <laughs> but um, anyway, it was, that's what the research was saying. So I was like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Get some more dreams in us. <laughs> but any, anyway, and I'm talking about the dreams when you sleep at night, not the dream, not your dreams. I like, I want to win the lottery and stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, I had an interesting dream, right? The other night, two nights ago from now. And um, honestly, about the last five nights, I've had some absolutely incredible vivid dreams. Honestly, me out so crazy. But anyway, this one dream, I'll tell you a bit about it. So basically, what it was was, I was in sort of like a, um, this is how I imagine it. I'm, I imagine it's like a sort of a three-story penthouse in America. You know the perception when you're in America and you see the, these big three-story penthouses things. Mm. And basically, I was in front of a big widescreen TV, right? And I was playing on a computer game. Like, I had, the, I had a PlayStation controller in my hand in the dream. So in the dream, I was actually playing on this game, right, with the TV in front of us. And do you know, do you know, like the st- a story mode. Do you know, like you know, when you actually play the game itself, and you have a story mode before the game itself starts, and it it sets the yeah. scene for the computer game. Yeah. But the the setting the scene of the computer game was actually a timeline of all the things that I've done in life, or sh- that's how I perceive it now. Wow. But however, all the things were things that I know now, looking back at them, that I haven't, that I don't think I've done in this life anyway. That's what was very interesting about it. 
So anyway, imagine me standing in front of the in the front of the TV now playing this, and the story mode comes up and it's showing us all these different aspects of me sort of eating eating this food or doing this or whatever it is, all these different aspects that I can't visualize myself doing, I can't remember anyway. And then all of a sudden, I get killed in the game and it respawns us and it starts again, a story again, and it's a complete different story the first time. So then still it, it shows I'm still the character. I'm, I'm still me as the character. Mm-hmm. I'm no character in the game, I'm just me. Like standing with the controller and the screen, the, 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 the TV is just flashing all this timeline of different things that I've done and whatever it is. And then it does it a third time, right? And up to this point, what I can remember and what I can reconcile and relate to, it never really showed us the aspect of what I perceive of what I've done in this life now until the third time it killed us in the game again. I respawned again in the game and it started flashing again the start of the story mode again. But this time... There was a drone. It was like a drone view of me driving in my van along a motorway. Holy moly! Exactly, and it was just viewing us along. And I all that this vision really sticks out, isn't it? Was just driving along the road, and the the drone was just following us along. And then all of a sudden, woof, shot out out of bed and woke up. And I I don't know what that is. I what what the hell was that dream trying to tell us? Because lately my dreams, it seems to me, and I kind of dissect out of that. But what the hell is that, man? Help us. <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to, I, I'm Help trying to sit down and contra- comprehend the whole scenario in my mind. Do you feel like... So, like, uh, the best way to analyse anything is to ask a question about it. Do you feel like that vision itself is actually giving you a perception of your life, what you want it to be? I don't know, because I can't... Like, I says to you, all the things in that dream, what I can remember is... None of them were things that I'm, I can, to, to exact, with nothing, with no memories that are holding me mind now of what it did, bar the one where it showed us me driving in, the, in my van. Maybe the fuzziness of it is actually there. Maybe it wants you to actually look at these questions and actually foresee something. Maybe, maybe that fuzziness itself is actually a cloud which you need to part. Yeah. And once you can actually see clearly. That will show you your path. I mean, I believe personally. I believe that wasn't the answer I was looking for. What, what were you looking? For? I was actually hoping you were going to say it was like a parallel universe or something, just like shown us like. Yeah, that's the parallel <laughs> universe. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's a parallel universe, Dan, and there's like a billion other years. <laughs> <laughs> that was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the Rick and Morty answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, parallel universes. <laughs> but as well, just as well, to touch on it as well, because I've had another very. I don't have you. I don't know if you've been having any interesting dreams lately, but another interesting dream as well that I had, which is very interesting, was that. Um, so basically, this was last night. This dream. This is very. I haven't told you this yet, and I really want to tell you this. So what happened was, I was, um, and I'm someone who I have a great sleep. I never wake up in the nighttime. I never ever wake up in the nighttime. Never ever. Yeah. I have really good sleep, healthy sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was lying in bed, and uh, I was having a dream before I woke up, and I had it. I was having a dream, and my dad was in my dream. And I'm not sure if it was my dad or the dream itself was actually trying to guide us to wake up. And it was saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, whatever it was. And I didn't know the reason behind it. Wake up, wake up. So what happened is, in real life, I woke up. Woke up like I, like I would wake up in the morning. 
mm-hmm. feeling that I've had eight hours sleep, feeling fully refreshed, energized and everything, thinking it's morning. And I was looking outside and I was like, it's pitch black. I was like, this is not when I know like your body clock normally wakes up. I was like, this is this is not um early in the morning. I was like, this is still nighttime. But I felt as though I've had full night sleep. So I was like, I can't get back to sleep here, I can't get back to sleep. So I walked down the stairs mm-hmm. and I decided to go in the garden and my plan was just to go in the garden because I wasn't tired and I wanted to just use that opportunity to look at the stars because I know on a, on a night time, at that time of night, the, cl- the skies where we live are very are very clear so you can see some brilliant stars. Mm-hmm. So I went outside and I was just staring at the stars for ages and I was like, this is amazing, this is amazing. I could see loads of stars last night, it was beautiful. And I, just stood, actually, I, I stood, and I just stood in the garden for about half an hour anyway. But when I come down the stairs, I glanced at the clock on the wall and it said it was half two in the morning. And that this is very, very unusual for me because I never wake up. And especially, like, I sleep, I'm a very deep sleeper and I just, that's it. I never wake up ever. And I've even monitored my sleep and everything and, and my sleep is really, really good. And uh, anyway, what's interesting about the story was, is and I'm still trying to contemplate it in my mind, so this is very raw. So bear in mind, it was 2.30 on the clock when I looked at the clock. So anyway, I went back to bed. And um, I was in bed. I must have just dozed back off eventually. So I was just chilling in bed and I just eventually just dozed back off. And I woke up in the morning. So anyway, I had a phone call with my dad in the morning, right? And my dad said that... Um, so my dad's got like budgies. My dad loves these budgies, right? It sounds funny that my dad loves these budgies. <laughs> well, basically the birds... Right, he has birds, right? And yeah, budgie smugglers. Yeah, budgie smugglers. <laughs> he has budgies anyway. And uh, basically, what happened was, my dad said, "Oh, um, one of the budgies died last night." And I was like, "All right." And I went, "Oh, I went by any chance?" So just quite coincidence. I says, um, and he was like, "He went, oh, I've been up all. I went, I was up, I was up all night thinking about it because my dad loves them. You know what I mean? My dad asks big questions like we do about animals and things like that as well." Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, so I said, I just said to him randomly, I said, what time was this, by the way? What time did the, the budgie die? Because my dad said it, he heard it, it heard it fall off because he said it wasn't very well. And he heard it fell off and it woke him up. And then he was, he was like holding it in his hand while it was sort of passing away, which is very interesting. And uh, I said, what time was it? And he goes, half two in the morning. Wow. And I went, no way. He went half two. So what's very interesting, go back to the start of the dream again that my dad was in the dream that I was having just before I woke up and something was telling us to wake up, wake up. It might have been your dad telling the budgie to wake up. But what's interesting to me as well, though, is how what I'm trying to decipher out that is it seems to me that we're connected to things that we don't understand in dreams and, and like synchronicities and visions that we have and things like that in life. Everything's connected. We don't understand and, and there's little signals that that's maybe guiding us in life that we don't understand that's that's the way I'm saying it anyway and that's deep yeah yeah it really is Dan and, and here's something as well right because um, I want to read this I've wrote this down right because so this is what I wrote down in my journal right because this is directly from my journal right now this is what I wrote down straight when I woke up from this dream right because I always when I have dreams like this I straight away I try and write down every single thought I had because sometimes you just get these visions and they go away sometimes sometimes they're more vivid than others mm-hmm. and I wrote down this right in relation to what that story just said there I said it's very interesting how everything in life is working from a place of fractions we are connected to every aspect of life and are directly influencing every single grain of sand the birds, the plants, the rocks, trees, bees. 
We even step a fraction to the right. We step a fraction to the left. We choose to smile at someone or not. We choose to speak at someone or not. We choose to breathe or not. Every moment that we choose is different from one another. Every exhale is different from another. The difference of me choosing to breathe now compared to now compared to now is going to be completely different to now. A decision to step to the left, a decision to step to the right, a choice to smile, a choice not to smile, a choice to speak, a choice not to speak, a choice to breathe, a choice not to breathe is all going to affect the game. And that, and for me, that really reflects the, the, the dream because what I'm seeing to me is, what it says to me is that, and this is the lesson I've tried to learn from this and them two dreams that I've had, is that no matter what, no matter what is put in front of us, we all have the ability to choose all the time, all our choices, and realising that all our choices impact every single aspect of who we are, and that's how they can impact the world. I'll absolutely love that, brother. That is powerful. Play music. Yeah, and that's pro- that. Do you want to end, wrap it up there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had I had loads more. Po- you, know, I, I, you know what I have as well, but we got loads more talking to do. Yeah, this is exactly. Only, this is only the first. This is only the first instalment of this new segment. So, and I've got loads more things as well. I want to touch on the matrix, the simulation, <laughs> no man. But I've got lo- I've got loads of things. Maybe keep them for maybe keep them for next month's instalment. Definitely of this new show. Anyway, that was Definitely. cool. That cool. That anyway. Peace and love. Peace, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, and we would love to hear your feedback on this new segment that we are introducing to the podcast. Did you like it or not like it? Would love to hear your feedback anyway. And also, please consider supporting the podcast by joining the Ascend community and becoming a Patreon member. And if you do become a Patreon member, you will gain access to bonus content, bonus podcasts, private Facebook community and online hangouts. So if this does tickle your fancy, please head over to our Patreon page and join the community. And I just also want to say that we appreciate you all And we love you all that you are coming on this journey with us. We're a part of your journey, but you are a big part of ours. So anyway, we'll catch you next week. Keep seeking everyone. Peace.